This is the World in Brief from the Economist. Our top stories. In a joint statement, the leaders of America, Canada, and Mexico condemned violent riots in Brazil by supporters of Jair Bolsonaro, a former president. Meanwhile, some of Joe Biden's fellow Democrats asked him to expel Mr. Bolsonaro from the country. He is currently in hospital in Florida with abdominal pain. Police in Brazil have arrested around 1,500 people involved in the storming of government buildings in the capital, Brasilia, on January 8th. Political instability in Peru turned lethal at an airport in the country's Andean southeast, where a clash between police and protesters left 17 dead. The anti-government side was demanding the release of Pedro Castillo, a left-wing president who was deposed last month after attempting to dissolve Congress. Peru closed its borders to Evo Morales, a charismatic former president of Bolivia who has taken up the protesters' cause. The EU and NATO signed a joint declaration the first since 2018, to tighten cooperation against security threats and challenges presented by Russia and China. The agreement is a formal recognition of the stronger ties forged between the two organizations since Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But it was long postponed by fears that the EU's foray into defense policy would undermine NATO's role. Russian forces are probably in control in most of Solidar, a town near Bakhmut in Ukraine's eastern Donbass region, according to Britain's defense ministry. Russia and mercenaries from the Wagner Group may now turn their attention to capturing Bakhmut. Earlier, Vladimir Zelensky, Ukraine's president, said Solodar's walls were knocked flat and its ground littered with Russian corpses as Ukraine repelled the attack. America's greenhouse gas emissions increased by 1.3% in 2022, according to estimates from Rhodium Group, a research firm. That puts emissions back on their long-term trajectory of slowly declining growth after the pandemic, which caused an abrupt drop in 2020 and then a sharp uptick of 6% in 2021. The relative amount of emissions produced by economic activity also appears to be decreasing. China stopped issuing short-term visas for visitors from Japan and South Korea in retaliation for the two countries imposing COVID-19 restrictions on Chinese travelers. China's embassy in Seoul said it would adjust its policy if South Korea lifted discriminatory entry restrictions. Meanwhile, Pfizer said it would begin manufacturing Paxlovid, an antiviral drug that fights COVID, in China within three to four months. The first satellite mission launched from British soil ended in failure. A repurposed jumbo jet operated by Virgin Orbit, an American space launch firm, sent up a rocket over the Atlantic. After ignition, however, the rocket failed to deploy any of the nine satellites it was carrying. Meanwhile, Galactic Energy, a Chinese rocket startup, fared better. It put five satellites into orbit on Monday. And fact of the day. Almost 88%. The share of Christian members in America's newly installed Congress. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 
TikTok goes to Brussels. Shou Chu, the chief executive of TikTok, a China-based social media platform, will meet representatives of the EU in Brussels on Tuesday. The meetings, including one with Margaret Vestager, the EU's antitrust chief, are unlikely to yield headline-grabbing results, but they are a sign that the EU is keeping a close eye on the firm. Brussels insiders say they will not hesitate to make TikTok comply with the EU's digital laws, such as the new Digital Services Act, which aims to limit illegal content on online platforms. Politicians and parents worry that TikTok, which serves as an addictive stream of videos, does not moderate its content well enough. Regulators are also concerned about privacy, particularly transfers of personal data to China. TikTok is already subject to several EU investigations. Still, the bloc is unlikely to ban the service or force it to sell itself to a Western firm, as is being considered in America. There, the tech cold war with China is already in full swing. Turkey's largest Kurdish party under threat. On Tuesday, Turkey's high court will hear the government's case for shutting down the country's largest Kurdish party five months ahead of general and presidential elections in June. The government says the People's Democratic Party (HDP) has violated anti-terror laws. The court will also hear cases against 451 individual HDP members, including nearly all its parliamentarians. Any found guilty will be banned from politics for five years. Last week, a different court froze the party's funds. In 2015, the HDP became the first Kurdish party to take seats in parliament. Today, it is the third largest party overall, holding 56 of 600 seats. But Turkey's government, led by President Recep Tayyip Erdogan, accuses the HDP of links to the banned Kurdish Workers Party (PKK), an armed group fighting an insurgency in southeast Turkey. Kurds account for around one fifth of Turkey's population. Their votes are important in any opposition bid to topple Mr. Erdogan. But if the HDP is outlawed, then the main opposition bloc, which includes nationalists hostile to the Kurds, will struggle to woo their vote. Another attempt to reform French pensions. French leaders tinker with pension rules at their peril. One attempt to get the French to work until later in life in 1995 was shelved after weeks of protests and strikes. So was Emmanuel Macron's first effort as president, which he abandoned in 2020. On Tuesday, his government will try again. It is expected to recommend raising the retirement age from 62 years to at least 64. French workers retire earlier than those in most other OECD countries and live longer too. The cost of paying current French pensions is 14% of GDP, nearly double the OECD average. By 2032, the system will face a gaping deficit. Yet the government's plan will prompt protests. Mr. Macron lost his parliamentary majority last year, and public opinion, unions, and most opposition parties are against increasing the retirement age. This latest pension battle will be a litmus test for the president's hopes of continuing to reform France in his second term. Bed, Bath, and Beyond buckles. Investors expect more bad news when Bed Bath and Beyond, an American homewares giant with around 700 shops, reports its quarterly results on Tuesday. Last week, the company warned that sales had been hurt. 
Wary suppliers have reduced deliveries to BB&B outlets, emptying its shelves after the company fell behind on payments. The news followed a painful few years. An underinvestment in e-commerce saw BB&B's sales start to slump in 2018. An attempted turnaround was derailed by an unsuccessful shift towards own brand products at the expense of those from recognized firms. Hopes were lifted last year when Ryan Cohen, an activist investor beloved by amateur traders, took a stake in the business and the chief executive was shown the door. But they were dashed again when Mr. Cohen sold out in August. Although BB&B raised fresh funds last year and shuttered around 150 shops, its mounting losses and shrinking cash reserves have inspired rumors of a pending bankruptcy. The Golden Globes Glitter Again The Golden Globes ceremony on Tuesday will be a star-studded affair. Broadcast live on NBC, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's 80th Awards Bash will include Quentin Tarantino, Anna de Armas, and Jamie Lee Curtis among its presenters, and Steven Spielberg, Daniel Craig, and Elizabeth Debicki among its nominees. What a difference a year makes! Last year's ceremony took place in private with no celebrity guests. The HFPA was in disgrace after the Los Angeles Times spotlighted its lack of black members and love of freebies. A few reforms later, including the appointment of a chief diversity officer, and Hollywood seems to have forgiven and forgotten. With box office takings last year one-third lower than before the pandemic, perhaps the industry will accept all the publicity it can get. Or maybe after Will Smith, an actor, slapped Chris Rock, a comedian at last year's Oscars, the Globes seem quite respectable in comparison. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday, what name did Plato give to the group of people who would rule his ideal republics? Monday, which novel was the first in the historical series about the British Navy written by Patrick O'Brien? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Robinson Jeffers, who was born on this day in 1887. Long live freedom and damn the ideologies. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.